0: Uh, he, he cleanses the leper. He gives sight to the blind, and he causes the lame to walk. He heals infirmities. He brings people back from the dead. And if you would be praying for Andrew's sister, we don't need to give details or anything like this, but just pray for uh, your sister. You. Um, and uh, and let's see what let's see what God can do if we can get a lot of people praying. So I'm glad to see you. I'm glad. I'm not glad for the reason that you're here, but I'm glad to see you it's been fun and then uh, Eric oh just old Eric
1: um, just yeah just whatever yeah just, just the leftovers
0: just the leftovers I'm not from the UK
1: no you're not I'm from the West coast
0: it'd be cool if you were from the UK
1: <clears throat> I don't think I could be from the UK why not I just I I, I don't know it's too cold.
0: <laughs> too rainy it's, it's not wrong. you're
2: not wrong there yeah it is it is uh
0: it is a, 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 there's a little bit more inclement weather so anyway this is uh this is a big introduction but uh guys if you're listening you're listening to apologetics.com radio where we challenge believers to think and thinkers to believe i'm john i just introduced the other guys and we are live right now at 1202 a.m on the 7th of october which is crazy. And if you are listening, I, I want to encourage you guys to call in 888-995-5552. That's 888-995-KKLA. And uh, any question is is um, is on the table, guys. There's nothing that, that we won't do our best to answer. I don't know if we'll have the answer, but we can do our best, um, especially anything having to do with values, ethics, religion, of course, apologetics. And uh, and we'd love to spend that uh, time with you. We'd rather actually answer your questions than just us go on and on and on about talking about what we want to talk about. I'd rather hear about what you're struggling with, what you're wrestling with, or, um, anything that you feel like giving us a call, 888-995-5552. That's 888-995-5552. And, um, yeah. And we'd love to hear from you. And, uh, yeah, man, what's going on, dude, Eric, what's going on? Um,
1: let's see. I got a a son who's going to be married soon. Crazy excited about that.
0: Um,
1: I've just been busy at work. I'm looking forward to a vacation. Nice. Still listening to country music? Ew. <laughs> can you call it music? I
0: can. It's country whining. Yeah.
1: Getting. I'm getting ready for Halloween.
0: I don't know what that is. I'm a Christian. Oh, that's right. I forgot. I don't celebrate those pagan holidays. It's called uh, Reformation Day. Get with it.
1: Um, yeah, no, I, not not a whole lot's going on.
0: Right on. Just... Cruising Through Life. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I'm cruising through life. Dude, I've been so busy. It's been really busy lately. We just started our Reality Apologetics Conference at work. So I work for Stand the Reason, for you guys who don't know. I'm a speaker and author there. And the every year during the school year, so for seven months during the year, we do a Reality Apologetics student conferences. And uh, they're incredible. You go to uh, realityapologetics.com. But we just had our first one here at Biola. Sold out, twenty three hundred students. Wow, which was nuts. Well, uh, what ages? Uh, middle school, high school, college. But if you're an adult, you can come totally. Like we have a lot of adults that come. It's geared towards. Uh, we we aim to go towards students, so we. It's a production. We have fun with it. So if you're expecting just like you know, 20, 45 minute lectures, it's just not going to happen. But we deliver the content. We package it in a way. Without dumbing it down, but in a way that uh, the youth seem to be loving it. So, anyways, uh, between that and just running regular duties, man, we're busy. We're busy. But you know what I'm finding it hard to do these days. What's that? Is be a man. (laughs) I don't believe that
1: for a second. You got tattoos.
0: Yeah, but I got. You said it before, man. I got. I got a bunch of girls. I got. I got. uh, You know, four days a week, I got my fingers nails painted. I well, I can't curl my hair because I'm bald. I don't now. I take them off before I come see you guys, so I don't get ridiculed. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but I'll let my kids, you know, like paint my fingernails and and do whatever they want. I'm just happy to. I'm just happy to be involved with my children. So, totally. um, but uh, Andrew, when we were talking about what we should talk about tonight, you know, you brought up a. I thought an interesting thing because there's certain observations that you've made about your culture uh, in the UK. And you were asking us how it translates kind of here to the culture here. It seems like it lines up pretty good. And am I able to ask you? I don't want to put you on the spot. Like, what were you you talking about? I was just wondering what it's like uh, to be male in the
2: the U.S. today. Yeah. And uh, thinking about, um, you know, the scripture that says we're made in God's image, male and female. It's interesting how in the U.K., that's becoming increasingly difficult to express masculinity. You know, you, you have these um, expressions like toxic masculinity mm-hmm. and so on sure. and so forth. And I noticed in the neighborhood where our church is, we have a lot of young people who are from non-traditional families, let's put it that way, a lot of uh, fatherlessness. And I, as, as someone who grew up without a father because he was killed when I was eight years old so I grew up without that influence I know what that's like and I came across a 15 year old who said his goal was to um, end up in prison like his brother and earn his stripes mm-hmm. and his street cred and I think there's a bit of a vacuum now
0: and that's what happens, the, yeah
2: because of all the uh, and I suppose it's it's not just the fatherlessness is the, the me too stuff, the you know stuff boys being boys is now considered to be not a great thing. And I came across this uh, article by, uh, it's actually a sermon, a, a quick sermon. You can find it online by uh, ex mega church pastor Mark Driscoll. And, you know, you can think what you will of him. But I thought what he said about men was interesting. He he has a little sermon called, uh, uh, well, a sermon called The Satanic Six. And in it, he expresses these six things that he observes in the culture in the States. But I thought they resonated with us in the UK. And I wanted to ask if these things are really true. One, that men are encouraged to be boys or girls, but not men. Two, men are not launching into their careers and into um, what they may want to do with their lives, living at home for longer and longer, being with their parents or in their mum's house until they're in their thirties. We see that in the UK. Number three, men are not working, We see that in our area where we have a benefit system, which is like welfare. Now we have second generation of people who don't work because they haven't seen their parents working and they haven't seen their dads working. Number four, men are not marrying. They just have relationships or they just, you know, they're having maybe no sex with other people. (laughs) Other human beings. Yeah, (laughs) But they're just not committing to themselves. Mm. So that film, The 40-Year-Old Virgin, is kind of... Not even a thing anymore because people are not committing and then number five men are not fathering as in uh, well in our area we know there are lots of kids being born but they're not setting the example of what a father should be and and six men are not leading and uh, we see that um, played out in our in our community so I wondered if that's true in the States I know that um, I I was craving a father figure and if you don't have positive role models. You'll end up with people who fill that void. You know that uh, Andrew Tate and people like that have got a big following because they're speaking to a need that is within men just to be men. I'm not yeah. saying that his example
0: is the one to follow, but what are your thoughts on, on that? I mean, actually, I and I'm just going to do a plug here because there's a new book that just came out. I don't know if you know this. Nancy Piercy. Do you guys know Nancy Piercy? Yeah, I
2: know
0: her. Fantastic author. Uh, She's at Houston Christian University. She wrote Love Thy Body a few years back, which is one of the best books I've ever read. Uh, Everybody should read that book, Love Thy Body by Nancy Piercy. But she just came out, I think, in the last couple months, maybe the last (laughs) six months, um, with The Toxic War on Masculinity. And how, and the subtitle is how Christianity reconciles the sexes, um, and it's interesting because when when we talk about it, we hear the term toxic masculinity, mm-hmm. but she does a take on that the toxic war on masculinity, um, but and that's neither here nor there. The 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 book just comes to my mind, and I felt like plugging it. Um, yeah, man. I mean, these are a great six. You said, did these six come from his sermon? Is that?
2: Yeah, he just highlights those as what he observes. Um, as things that are happening
0: in our culture right now, as so, <clears throat> uh, you
2: know, things to be aware
0: of. I, I so there's a lot going on with what you. I mean, we have enough here to probably fill ten shows, but uh, well, at least six shows because we could do a show on each one of these. My question that I'd like to start off with before we even dig into any of this mm-hmm. is: What does it mean to be a man? Like, when when is a? Because oftentimes, like like this list, I typed it while you were. I was taking notes while you were talking, talking because it's so good. Like men are not launching, you know, men aren't encouraged, men are encouraged to be boys or girls, Mm -hmm. but not men. Men are are not working, men are not marrying, men are not uh, fathering, men are not leading. But what do we mean by, when is a boy a man? I think that we should start there because I would, so a lot of what you just said, especially like certainly uh, there's there's a lack of fathers, um, you know, but I think all of these things are symptoms of we don't even know what it means to be a man. Um, and there's no process for that. So like, I want to ask you guys, like, what do you think, like, when, when, when did you guys become a man? Uh,
2: Gosh, uh, difficult question. There's I a, mean, it I, is will, difficult, right? I
0: will, I will,
2: I will cite something from, again, from Uganda. So you've got different tribes in Uganda. Um, and this one, good. one of the tribes, um, to become a man is something, Hey, it's going to be painful. Prepare yourself. Yeah, no. I, uh, is... You're kind of about uh, early teens, yeah. right? And what you do is you, the ceremony is a ceremony of circumcision. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and what you do is you get yourself prepared. You get up early in the morning. You go down to the river where it's cold. Okay. The idea is that you're going to get some sort of numbing effect. Numbing effect. And then you're paraded through the the town. And I've seen this played out um, I think i was visiting with my wife sarah we visited this one town where this tribe are from and there's this parade through the town and then you get to the point where the circumcision is going to happen and they have it like a like a, a pole that goes across your shoulders and you put your arms across it okay so your arms are, are, are out held out with the pole so you can't obviously do anything with your arms mm-hmm. and then you're stood there you know naked as the day you were born and the guy who's going to perform the circumcision then will just take your freddy cut off the foreskin and the idea is you're not supposed to wince okay what? and then you don't wince you don't show any emotion boom off it goes that's the your initiation man. into manhood Okay. Right. now we know that obviously other cultures and other religions have a kind of a rite of passage yeah. maybe when you're 13 or you're 14 so traditionally there are different different cultures around the world have a sense of when that happens that's right um as for me personally, I have no idea because <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not you. from that tribe and yeah. I don't want to be from that tribe it's
1: a it's a process for sure right i mean it's a process of maturity sure i think i think you're i think what you're describing is a is a marker it's a it's a start, but it's not There's not one act where you're Mm -hmm. immature one day and the next day you're a man, right? Right? Am I right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think I think you're right. So if I
1: if I look over my life, for example, like I got married. How old were you? A little more, a little more mature. I was 26. Okay. So I was 26. I got married. Um, Before that, I'd I'd be out drinking with my buddies, you know, going you know buying where we shouldn't be buying, you know, kind of doing doing that kind of stuff, Um, but marriage settled Mm -hmm. me down. Kids. Settled me down. More kids, more responsibility. Settled me down. So as I took on more responsibility, I became more mature, and I became more man like. And i have now the specimen before you today. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the
0: epitome of manhood sits across the table with me, and Eric. Yeah, well, I think I think the answer. Uh, you know, I think what we're kind of agreeing on, and I like that certain cultures have ceremonies. I don't love that ceremony, but I understand that the the, the significance of it. And this is actually something that I think has caused a lot of confusion, especially in the West, because we don't have these types of things. Mm-hmm. Unless you're, you're from um, maybe a, a certain religious background, or I know uh, Latino cultures, will, you know, the the quinceañitas and stuff like this, where there's a rite of passage that happens are certainly... Um, bat mitzvahs or bat mitzvahs and stuff like this. But I
1: think 18 is a big birthday for a lot of families.
0: Well, but that's right. Well, I mean, this is the way, this is why I think there's a subjective there and it's rightly subjective. This is subjective. Sometimes it's 18. Sometimes it's when you go to college. Sometimes you're considered Mm -hmm. adult when you can drive or you get your first job or Mm -hmm. um, when you, for the first time ever become independent, when you get married, when you have kids, you know, when you get your first job, like like all of these things play into it. But I think that there's, there's something better uh, to define it, and it is a process. This is why I bring it up. Like, and I don't have the answers. I'm just now thinking of these things, like with you guys. So mm-hmm. I hope I'm not trying to, you don't think I know what I'm talking about, because I certainly don't. Uh, sometimes I don't really feel like I know what I'm doing at all. But, you know, um, I think that manhood in general, it, it's less to do with our maturity or a biology or chronological age or anything like this or any even stage of life or of responsibility, but it has to do with responsibilities and the fulfillment of responsibilities and specifically leadership. I think there's something to be said for a person, a boy, when he is able to take on a certain amount of leadership responsibilities that they then become a man. And when I'm looking at the, the culture that's what I think is a majority lacking I feel like and like kind of like what you were saying when you said that you're raising you have a culture of boys because the state is providing everything for these people you know which is just one thing that you mentioned mm. but it's like you can go through your entire life and never see your parents work like how are we expected to have a, a, a I mean you should expect not to have a, a mature culture if that's the case mm. you know so I think that there's certain marks at least marks of biblical manhood um, one yeah, that 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 we could test, and I think that they're b- b- biblical in nature, and maybe we'll get to those. But <clears throat> um, I just yeah. wonder, actually,
2: uh, on that thought, and based on what Eric said, if the process of manhood, I think Mark uh, Driscoll's series is called Dominion for Dudes or something like that. <laughs> well, of course, <laughs> and the, the idea is. <laughs> When you you're created as a man to take dominion of certain things, so maybe it's when you, you're able to take responsibility for yourself and maybe for others. So if you think about the the Christian examples, they seem there seems there is a process, but there does seem to be a, an event at some point that's a marker. Like David, was it when he defeated Goliath? Was that the point? Or for Joseph, was it when he was able to resist temptation or take responsibility for who he?
0: Who he was? I think all of these things are marks of biblical manhood, but those things don't define when you become a man. For example, I think like, uh, you know, a mark of a biblical man is somebody that uh, they're mature enough and sufficiently mature to 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 lead a wife, or um, they're they're responsible as a husband and a father, or. um, I got one here. uh, Controls his appetites. Controls his appetites. That, that's a good one. Well, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, you know, worldview maturity is sufficient to um, to understand what's really important, what's not important, uh, like what hills to die on, what not to die mm-hmm. on. Things like this. Verbal maturity, right? When to hold your tongue, mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. not to, like when to speak up. Um, character maturity. Um, you know, do you, have, do you have courage under fire? You know, are you courageous when you're you're in the the trenches of life, so to speak? And you are you willing to kind of lay yourself out there. Um, I I think a big one that's often not talked about is uh, love. I I think that biblical maturity uh, is demonstrated by the churchman, a a man who is leading in some capacity in the church. I think we we kind of talked about this earlier, Mm. Andrew, like uh, every man, uh, every single Christian man is a churchman and every single Christian man should at some point take on a leadership responsibility at the local church level. And I mean, this can go anywhere. Like now what pops into my mind is one of the issues is the feminization of the Mm -hmm. culture in general, Mm -hmm. which has caused the six things that Driscoll and that you brought up, Andrew, Mm -hmm. you know, that even our churches, our churches have become, and I'm not talking like, I'm not, I hope you guys know that you're listening. I'm not saying like, we need to be like these rah, rah, like er, like machismo, like super masculine churches. That's not what I'm saying. But churches in general have been uh, feminized, and it's it and it, 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 it's not. I'm not saying it's the women's fault. It's the men's fault because who's coming to church on Sundays? Like when when the church when the pastor puts out a call f- to help decorate the church, who's showing up? Right. You know when when they say hey we need uh we need help in ch- childcare, who's showing up? It's it because it ain't the dudes. The the two least attended church days in the West and in, in America at least in America two. Least attended church days are Super Bowl Sunday <laughs> and Father's Day. Wow. The, the most attended church day, next to Christmas and Easter, is Mother's Day. Wow. And that's because the women are driving church attendance and church participation, and then all of a sudden we look at, out at the world, and here's, here's my, I'm, I'm convicted in many ways that I think the church dictates the culture. When you have an unhealthy church, you have an unhealthy culture. When you have a healthy church, I think the culture is largely healthy. And when the, 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 the church is, is going the way that it has been with becoming feminized, or it's not even just feminized, it's it's become- Demasculized. D- is that a word? I was gonna say that. <laughs>
2: Let me ask you this just for, for clarity for Giggles. you to elaborate. When you say feminized. Yeah. Give me some examples. Give us
0: some examples. Um, the, the, I can do everything from, um, biblical examples, like, uh, illustrations to, um, Bible studies to, uh, decor, right. When you go to church, when most churches that, well, my church meets in the gym, so it's not <laughs> decorated at all, right. It's a basketball court, but like when you go to most churches, I feel like you're going to see flowers and it, it's clearly not, I'm not saying it's intentional, but it's geared towards women, not men. You're not seeing dark leathers, and, and uh, you're not uh, over in the corner. You're not getting a, you know your your uh, humidor of cigars, and and there's not a corner to go have some whiskey, right? I mean, it's not that that's just and for I know I'm joking, guys, but like but it's not masculine. It's also the for the large part, I think pastors in general are, in order to have successful churches, are having to cater towards the women in the church. What are the most successful ministries within a church? Children's ministry and women's ministry, who's running children's ministry, women, women, you know what I mean? Like these are the, the, and these are where I I would, I would be willing, I'd have no idea. I'm just throwing this out there. I don't have any data to support it at all, but I would be willing to do that, that the majority of a, a large portion of every budget for the churches that have those things go towards women's ministry and children's ministry.
2: Do you know what's, uh, I've got to throw this out there. I've got a friend of mine. He's in India at the moment. So he's a a worship leader like myself. We were discussing the kinds of songs that we sing. And we were looking for things, you know, doctrinally sound and things about heaven and things that are focused on the Lord. And and then he just said, I said, he said, I'm tired of singing these Jesus is my girlfriend kind of songs. Oh, (laughs) yeah. I thought when he said it, I thought he's right because there's less about holiness and more more about feelings and not that you shouldn't sing about your feelings i mean david did express himself but worship is the focus is on god isn't it it's not on our
0: emotions yeah there is a fount filled with blood drawn from emmanuel's veins and Mm. sinners plunged beneath that flood lose all their guilt and stains right and and uh, what, not what,
2: heaven meets earth like a wet sloppy no, kiss no
0: no the dying thief <laughs> the dying thief rejoiced to see that fountain in his day and there have i though vile as he wash all my sins away you know this is like this is a hymn obviously you know this is uh, cooper william cooper wrote this right and um and it's it's, it's a fantastic hymn but a lot of these hymns they hit the, the films, hymns they they hit hard right and uh and i hear what you're saying i think i think that's a great example like i think worship oftentimes is very feelings oriented.
1: Oh, it is very much so.
0: As opposed to doctrin- doctrinally oriented, and uh, and I think that's a good that that's a good point. You know, um, and I think yeah. So I think everything in the church services, which I'm not saying that this is all bad. By the way, guys, like like women, hear me. I am so thankful for you guys because like right now you guys are the ones decorating the church and leading the We've churches. just decorated our top yeah. hall. It's a nice salmon pink color. Yes, yes it is. <laughs> so, yes. You know, there's no for the kids anyway. And, and no, I'm, and I and and I'm I'm an appreciative of that because historically, I mean, like this is the thing is like if you're going to ask if, if I'm telling you the truth guys to be honest with you, in my life women are doers. You know, and men aren't. I have a, not not the same story as you, it's but insane. but I have a I have a I don't have a great uh, father role model, and and my mom was a doer, you know she was a grinder. My wife is a doer, she's a grinder, you know. And uh, and and women are kind of forced to pick up the slack, and it's it's um it's unfortunate, you know, because I think because of some of the stuff that we've been talking about, you know, that we don't have. Uh, I I think that the culture in general has become kind of hostile uh, to boys being boys. I mean, we even see in our education systems. I mean, the education system isn't, the public education system isn't geared towards raising, uh, educating boys, right? To expect, to expect a a 12 year old boy to sit for eight hours in a classroom and listen to instruction. That's geared towards girls. Girls can do that. Boys can't. Boys need to get up and kick each other and run and wrestle (laughs) with each other and throw dirt in each other's eyes. Like that's what boys need to do. You know what I mean? But, and, and there was time for that. Wait, even during when I was a kid, there was more time for that. Now there's not. Now if you see two boys fighting on the playground, it, there's a problem, right? It's 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 a problem.
1: Uh, I, I would argue if you see two boys fighting before, it's still a problem.
0: Not fighting like really fighting, but like just being physical. <laughs> yeah, you know, boys hit each other. You know that's a, that's what they do. You know, and 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 for the most part, girls don't. And and what we've done is we've created a, a, a culture where we're like, no, 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 can't you act more like her? And it's like, well. No, because I'm a him, you know, and, and, and I need to get that stuff out. Um, I, I, and these are just my observation, guys. And uh, I, I feel really bad because I, I this is like um, I'm, I'm waiting out of my culture. I mean, my my comfortable places right now, because normally I don't talk about this stuff. Um, but I think that the, the topic is a good one. And especially after the break, I think what we should do is try to get back to those six things that you, you you know, the, the kind of men's aren't launching, men's aren't working, they're not marrying, they're, and what I was just saying, they're encouraged <laughs> to be, uh, they're not, they're encouraged to be boys or girls, but not men. That's an that's, interesting that's statement. That's an interesting one, yeah. And, uh, so maybe we can get into that or they're not leading, certainly. And, and I'm, I'm guilty of this. Like, I'm going to confess my sins to you. Uh, oftentimes in my world, I default to my wife in leadership. I do. Honey, what do you want? <laughs> What do you want? Where do you like want to make these? Like, you make this decision, you know, And a nice and I, I, I give my leadership responsibility over. And then I blame her when it goes wrong. <laughs> it's awful, <right? laughs> Typical Adam. God, why'd you give me this woman? Anyways. All right. That's the music. So that's 30 minutes gone. We've got 30 minutes to go after this 90 second break. So uh, you're listening to apologetics.com radio and we'll be right back. And just like that, we're back. Back in black. <laughs> ACDC.
1: I'm kind of going on the bumper music.
0: I want to rock. Dude, no. that'd be so cool. Wouldn't that be cool if ACDC just started blasting right now? <laughs> ACDC. ACDC, anybody? <laughs> I thought he was a Christian. He listens to... Actually, I don't really listen to ACDC. They're, they're overrated.
1: What? Oh, what? Well, sorry. Is
0: that on? <laughs> Is that mic on? I'm you sorry. know who's overrated? The Beatles. The Beatles are overrated. You can't knock right. the Beatles. The Beatles. Do you know who they are? You can't knock the Beatles. They're American. They're an American N- band. Not not, not when I'm on. <laughs> <laughs> are the Beatles a big deal in, in, in the UK? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Abbey Road? Yeah, yeah.
0: Definitely. Yeah. I mean, I suppose that they should be. But they're a big deal here, too. I <laughs> bet you they're a bigger deal here. Possibly. Yeah. 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 Everything's bigger here. Everything's bigger. And new. It's like Texas. Yeah, that's right.
1: It's like Texas. Everything's bigger in Texas.
0: Anyways. Hey guys, that was a fast break. I wasn't even ready to come back on. I was writing a, a show description and sending it to Harry. I'm confessing my sins again. Uh, if you're with us guys, this is apologetics.com radio where we challenge believers to think and thinkers to believe. Tonight we we're talking about manhood in general, but uh lack thereof in culture, biblical manhood and everything having to do with, what it means to be a man, and Andrew suggested that we have a ceremony of circumcision. <laughs> for every I, I got person. the pole. Yes, yes, and, and Eric ran down and got the pole. So if you want to join Andrew's tribe, yeah, <laughs> you, you 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 volunteered to be first up. Didn't yes, you? no, yeah. I'm that it sounds terrible. Put
1: the ice cube down.
0: Yes, yes it's like <laughs> back away no wincing, no wall. wincing, yeah, no wincing. I mean, but but there's something to be said to that because there's uh, there's actually I I am actually I'm not I don't like it like that part of it, but I like the idea that there's a marking there's like a there's it's like baptism for example one of the things I love about baptism, it's a it's a it's a moment in time I can point my kids back to, mm-hmm. and say remember your baptism you're a Christian remember you were baptized do you remember do you like before I baptized him I remember asking him like we're in the water and we we were at the ocean and I said. I want to stop for a minute. I want you to feel the water. What's it feel like? It's cold, okay? Rema- I want you to remember how cold it was. What do you hear? Nothing. I want you to remember the silence. like, And just so I was drawing their senses in so that when it'll stick with them so I can point them back to it. And it's like that with biblical manhood and womanhood pers- like it, in general. It'd be great if we had these these markers. It doesn't need to include circumcision. <laughs> <laughs> but like you have these markers where you can point back to it. Well, do you remember? When Eva turned 13, my oldest, she just turned 13 this last year, we were intentional with this. And I have only girls, guys, so when I'm talking about biblical manhood, I have one life to draw from, and that's my own, and and I'm not sure. I have only girls. Girls are the best. Yeah, I'm not sure I'm doing a very good job as a a man anyway, but I'm trying. And anyways, with Eva, on her 13th birthday, we we did a huge thing. You know, She went away for the night, uh, for one or two nights with my wife, and um, my wife's mom flew in the town, and... Actually, they drove, but they spent time together and they were very intentional with their conversation about what it means to be a woman and, 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 and this type of thing. Where my goal was with that is that we can point her back to that. And it's a time that you can remember, okay, there's a, there's a line that you're no longer a child, you're a woman. And now with that comes responsibilities. Now, Debbie, I think our culture would benefit from that because like you pointed out at the beginning of the show, Andrew, I think we're, we're kind of anemic in the masculinity area here, yeah. you know, and
1: well, what would our culture tell men or boys becoming men? What would they tell? What would, I mean, our culture would say everything, everything should be equal. There should be no difference, right? The, the biblical culture would be different.
0: Yeah. I think that's interesting. I, I think, I think a lot of people would want to say that, you know, certainly in the, the, the way that the culture is going, but I think lived out, I, I, don't, I, don't think that's that, I don't think that's what people want. I think, I think they might want that on paper because it, it sounds good, but then once we start living that out, because I think, I, so I know, right? Reality is the way the world really is, right? And, and the world is a certain way. And it doesn't change according to my personal preferences. And so when I don't live according to reality, I bump into it. And sometimes those bumps really hurt. And one of the ways that the world has been made is with distinct differences between boys and girls. Men and women, there's certain roles, and I'm not saying that there's there's fluidity here in that like (laughs) girls can play with trucks and GI Joes and like camo and dirt, and boys can like ballet and and the color pink. That's not what I'm saying, but I'm saying uh, as far as for example like certain leadership roles, I think are better filled by men. Um, Certain leadership roles are better filled by women. I think they're they're geared towards. Not that there can't be overlap. I'm not saying you can't be a stay at home dad. Uh, one of my best friends actually, he hosted this. This Steve Van um, hmm. uh what's his, what's his, uh, oh, something Christianity, um, confessing Christianity. Some of his YouTube. Oh, he's
1: got a YouTube channel. That's right. Yeah, yeah, he's got
0: a good one, a really good one. And he's a stay-at-home dad. You know what I mean? But he's also one of the manliest men I know. You know, so there's overlap here. And we, we, my my wife does the finances in my house because you don't want me doing anyone numbers in my house. And then you don't want me to do anything with money in my house because like, I just don't care about it. So it just disappears. So, you know, it's like <laughs> my, my wife will be like, hey, did you get paid from this last event? And I'll be like, I don't remember. <laughs> She'll search my bag. You know? But it's like, uh, so anyways, uh, so I think the culture, yes, what they're saying is one thing, but what works is another. And I think that we see this um, played out. Um, And this is one of the things that I'd like to get to is with this statement that Andrew brought up uh, through a sermon from, I think, Mark Driscoll. Uh, Men are encouraged to be boys or girls, but not men. What's that mean? What do you think, Andrew?
2: Well, the way I see it is you've touched on it already. Um, When boys behave like boys, there's an attempt now to kind of tone that down so they can be more gentle or more more in touch with their emotions or um just more cooperative but i mean when i was a lad i was just i was i was a terror i think (laughs) you know and i think it's just you need to sort of harness that energy and you need some direction you need some strong father figures to or some strong role models to help direct that energy And that that aggression or that natural um, testosterone that there is and when you think about people like say Alexander the Great who was conquering most of the then known world by the age of 20 you can see that he had in his past people like Aristotle people who kind of guided him I'm not saying he's our role model but he was launching and being a man at a very young age um, and he certainly wasn't being told to calm down, and I think it's just channeling that that energy. Yeah, that's what I that's what I see, uh, and and what we and not have, raising savages. Yeah. I mean, and what we have. Um, I, 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 no, I won't mention this uh, on air because it's it's not appropriate. But I will say you've, already, are,
0: you've, you've, you've brought up circumstances. Yes,
2: there, there are examples. In my I've got another role, so I won't mention anything that will will. Uh. We'll uh, draw attention to something. But what I will say is that there there is a push if, if if boys present even now in the UK at a very young age, at say age four, five, six. I, I remember uh, there's a granddad who, who, who expressed disbelief that his grandchild, age five, came back from school and said to him, granddad, I may be, I think I might be a girl. And this wasn't an idea from him. This is because at school, he was told yeah you could be a girl now this is happening at a a younger and this is happening younger and younger where in fact young boys are going into the summer as boys and coming back into school as girls now at at that age you know before you're ten years old there's so many things that are illegal to do you can't drink you can't have sex you can't do all sorts of things and yet the culture is, and the government are grappling with this because they need to give guidance to schools about what to do when children present themselves as being trapped in a different body. Yeah, and young boys are not being encouraged to just be boys; they're encouraged to embrace whatever emotion they may feel at that
0: moment in time, and that's what I see happening in the UK. Yeah, I mean, we're seeing that uh, here as well. I had a a a friend reached out because they were uh, that does ministry similar to what we do at STR and I speak a lot on suicide and the, my friend reached out because I speak a lot on suicide and asked me for some advice. And he forwarded me an email from a mom who has a 12 year old daughter who's attempted multiple suicide attempts and they're, um, they're lower socioeconomic status. So they can't afford private, Christian counseling. So they went into the school counselor at the public school and the school counselor insisted on meeting alone with the daughter. And at the end of a half hour session, the daughter came out convinced the reason why she was unhappy and without hope in this life is because she was a boy trapped in a girl's body. And now what's happening is this poor mom is now having to wrestle daily with a girl who's still suicidal, who wants to be a boy because a counselor has told her that'll solve her problems. It's wrong and it's, it's demonstrably false. The, the statistics that are coming out that, that are showing uh, post surgery, these, these post trans surgeries, these there's, there's, uh, so men who become women through surgery or vice versa, to solve a lot of times they're saying this is going to solve some problems. There's problems. I feel them. I'm stuck in the wrong body. Therefore, I'm depressed. Therefore, I'm suicidal. The suicide attempt rate is upwards of seventy percent mm-hmm. for post surgery. So what we're doing is we're giving people the false uh, resources and the false uh, answers to mm-hmm. their their anxieties, their problems. You know, we're saying, oh, just do this and it's going to fix the problem. And it doesn't. Because the the problem isn't with your body, the problem is with your mind, and 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 it's in this way too. Like it used to be, Daddy, I feel like a girl. No, you're a boy. End of conversation. And and that's where it's like, like I said before, you know, the the, the, you know, uh, masculinity and femininity can, there's a there's a there's a um, it's a fluidity there in that not every boy likes to play with Tonka trucks and in the mud. You know, and sometimes girls like to play with Tonka trucks in in the mud. I have one of those that like she, I don't know how she gets so filthy, you know. And she would so much rather be playing with guns and you know like typical boy toys. But then I also have the girly girl who wants to wear a tutu every single day of her life. You know, um, so there's there's but just so just because you have a boy who's a little bit more feminine doesn't make that boy a girl. And as a culture, we've gone off the deep end. Um, i like, I mean, way off the deep end, but that's another, that's a whole nother story. Um, But yeah, we're encouraging, and and this is, this is what's happening, right? So we're encouraging our boys, instead of encouraging them to grow up and be men, we're actually encouraging them to be anything but either stay a boy or become a girl, but don't be a man. This is the other thing we observe,
2: I've observed in the UK is that what we call primary age Teachers, so up until the age of about twelve or thirteen, yeah, it's very rare to come across a male teacher in that environment. If you have them, it's it's the odd one, two or three. Yeah, it's generally, and nothing wrong with it, but it's generally females who who teach the kids. Yeah, and, and and they do a great job of it, but you just don't have enough. Yeah,
0: males in that arena for boys of that age. And maybe that's why the schools are more geared towards educating women. I just read an article on um mbird.com, uh Mockingbird Press's blog. And the guy had mentioned he was at a commencement address just recently. Um, so graduation for a college, a major university. And before they did the the ceremony of calling each student up to get the diploma, they went they listed off, you know, ten specialty awards. And nine of the 10 were received by women, you know, and, um, which I'm not saying anything bad about women, like they're, they're succeeding in this, like it's a good thing, but it also, I think it's, it shows that there's something amiss here. And I don't, whether it's the, the educational institution or how boys are raised or, or what's going on. And traditionally speaking, now we're at a place that academically speaking, at least, um, girls are far exceeding boys in school. And then that, that sets up a whole litany of issues, you know, with, uh, with then leading on to life. And then also, so now you have boys that aren't succeeding at school and they're already feeling down on themselves. And then, so like, one of these things was, uh, you know, men aren't launching. Mm-hmm. Well, are we creating a society and a culture where it's, we're encouraging men to launch or are we putting them in situations where they're, they're kind of stuck you know, um, I think these, like, like they used to have like auto, auto shop and stuff. When I grew up, you went to Plymouth North or Plymouth South High School. Plymouth North was the, the college prep. Plymouth South, you went and you learned a trade. I mean, they had college prep there too for the people who lived in that area. But if you lived in the Plymouth North area and you wanted to become an auto mechanic or a plumber or a cook or whatever, you'd go to Plymouth South, you'd learn that trade. So by the time you're 19, you're ready to go. You're already signed up with an apprentice and you're, I mean, you're starting your life. You know, and now that's like gone. I mean, for the most part, yeah. You know, I think.
1: Well, there's a, there's a lot of jobs out there. I think we I think part of the problem is we're not giving kids the op- we're not giving even fathers the opportunity to to to, ex- to exemplify that manhood because <clears throat> that manliness because they're um, they're at desk jobs. They're going in and they're doing their accounting stuff and they're doing their, their programming stuff. But th- you know, think about the generations before that: the 20s, the 30s, the 40s. Uh, people had to had to launch or they died. Right. <laughs> yeah. right they had to go out and cut. launch or die they had, they had to, to to cut the tree down and build the house and run the yeah. plumbing and and do all this kind of stuff um whereas we don't have to do that anymore and so th- the opportunities are, are missed so so men aren't
0: well some people have to somebody has to do that i mean somebody built my house
1: yeah yeah someone <laughs> has to do it but i'm just saying the opportunities are less sure right so so we're 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 not, we're not providing as many opportunities, and then we're not training, we're not giving the fathers the, the opportunities, or they're not taking the opportunities that they could be to, to offset that.
0: Yeah. Or even in the desk jobs and stuff like this, I think working hours are longer. Yeah, you yeah, so, come home
1: burned out, mentally burned out,
0: physically yeah. burned out. And, and dads are checked out oftentimes, you know, they, mm-hmm. uh, dude... I've got some guys, if you're, I know none of my friends are listening, so it's okay. But like, man, the the amount of friends I have that go play golf on Saturday and I'm thinking (laughs) how in the world do you swing that? Because like if I went to Rihanna and was like, "Hey, I'm gonna be gone for nine hours on Saturday playing golf," she would be like, <laughs> yeah, "Just I'm don't like, see ya. Don't come back." <laughs> <laughs> you know, because I do not need you. You know, and uh, you know, but it's like, and I'm not saying like guys again. Don't don't think that there's nothing wrong with taking the day off, go and play some golf. Like, do your thing. You need the rest. You need the relaxation. You need to do it. But like what I'm saying is that uh, but make sure, I have, a, I have a perfect example of this actually, a perfect example of a guy that comes to my mind, Jason Myers, he goes to my church. He's a working class guy, but he runs, he runs a construction company. Like he's the boss. If he had his way, he'd be out there swinging a hammer every day. He's really funny. And uh, he's, whenever he gets, he's got three girls and one boy. And whenever he gets the opportunity, he brings his son to help work on construction stuff. And I absolutely love that. He helped me. Well, I say he helped me. He built an office in my house for me in my garage recently. And like, it's crazy because he's so talented, but he brought his son every single time. You know, son, sweep. Son, get me this. Son, get me this. Son, this is how you level. So this is how you, and you have a father that's training his son up. Mm-hmm. It's a perfect example. And then, but sometimes, know what? he needs to go blow off steam, dude. So he likes to hunt. So he, he disappears for a weekend or two you know, and he goes hunting. And sometimes he brings his boy, sometimes he brings a girl, sometimes he doesn't bring anybody. So that's cool, but he's very intentional with his son, Troy.
1: Intentional, I think that's a great, that's a great word. Yeah. yeah. Like we need to be, we need to encourage more intentionality.
0: Yeah. And 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 Troy actually, you know, it's really interesting. And this brings up another topic that, and this is what we do with my, my girls, we don't focus not, so much on academics. Like I'm, I'm happy that they do really well. They got mama's brains, which is great. They do really well but like college isn't necessarily the goal with my kids. And so I feel like with, if we were more like that with boys too, you know, and say there's other options, you don't need to go to college, you know, because it used to be college wasn't for everybody. And then we, now we're in this phase where I think we're, it's starting the transition, but like maybe college isn't in the cards for you. Like mm. maybe, maybe you're going to be a, a bricklayer because we need bricklayers. Like I need, I need a bricklayer right now. My, patio thing is falling apart and I can't do it. You know what I mean? I need somebody who knows what they're doing and stuff like that. Yeah. I just thought of two things just there.
2: Um, And I'll start with this. Something you mentioned earlier about the different roles. I think it's one of the Scandinavian countries where they have um, the freedom or they did this thing where basically men and women could choose whatever they wanted to do. There's no pressure. Yeah. Um, And it just so happened that the women chose more of the kind of domestic yeah taking care of people kind of jobs social jobs and then the men chose more of the kind of engineering that's just how it that's how it landed just to show that men and women kind of just gravitate towards different things and if you think about you know who generally fights in wars who generally does the hard stuff? I'm not saying women can't oh. do hard stuff. It's you know, get, get, <laughs> don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that. That, that because crazy Brit, man. Okay. Abort. I Abort. Hey, listen, Abort I come from I, I, I come from a, come from you a family are where such my mum, my mom, <laughs> listen, my mom, she was the first female pharmacist in Uganda. Very proud of that. Very nice. My sister, yes. a pharmacist. You know, I come from yes. a, a family of very high achieving women, and they they ran the household. Don't get me wrong. But what I'm saying is that men and women gravitate towards different things naturally. And so that's not to be ignored. And also when you think about um, this idea going back in the past of governments used to do this, different countries used to do, they used to call it maybe military service in some countries or uh, national service in others, where for a couple of years or for a period of time, all the young men are required to go and serve the country, whether in the army or in some some capacity. That idea of instilling in them that they 've got to do something that's beyond themselves for somebody else, for the good of others that that's kind of gone by the by. I think church is a great place to to learn to serve and to do something that's not for your own benefit and that that helps in the maturity process
1: but it's hard to do when the church is is calling men to come in and decorate the church for it, christmas it, yeah but right it, it is we, but need, it's a we start, need to I have suppose. more church involvement and and, and yeah. get get them to do more man i don't know how to say it male oriented activities
2: yeah uh, i mean you know building stuff I mean, doing doing stuff in the community and, is 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 a. am not saying that's the only answer but it, when you were forced to you know i mean i wouldn't have i didn't do military service I probably would have hated it, but it does change you when you yeah. are having yeah. to think about not just your own comforts. Because we've got this, this ideology now where just follow your heart, follow your dreams, do the thing that you love. And that's not really what reality is all about. especially when you're a a man you've got to do a lot of things you don't want to do yeah maybe you want to go to the golf course but you've got to take care of your family you've got to provide you've got to spend time with your kids you've got to help your neighbor you've got to do something for 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 the the greater good I think those kinds of things are are not being pushed anymore it's more just just do what you want yeah Uh, well
0: it's also like one thing that's like kind of helped me and I know we're coming down down kind of hard on guys right now but uh, When you're busy and you fill your time up with meaningful things like work and and helping raise the kids and cooking, like I cook dinner at home a lot and like, you know, checking in on my wife, uh, physically, spiritually, emotionally, you start filling up all your time. You're leaving. I I like it because I'm leaving myself less time to get all tangled up in things I don't want to get tangled up in. Like it's time sucks or sin, you know, because like, (laughs) I'm tired by the time 10 o'clock comes around, man. Like, you know, I, I get off work. I, I travel a lot for work. I come home. I, uh, you know, I check in on Rihanna, ask her how she's doing. I check in on the kids. I make dinner. I put the kids down. I pray for them. I pray for Rihanna. I, you know, I, I neaten up before, before bedtime. By the time 10 o'clock rolls around, man, I want nothing to do with anything but my bed. And I just want to lay and go to sleep. And it's because you we, we exhaust ourselves out there and during the day. And we should be tired at night. We should. If you're not tired at night, there's a problem. Like, you got to do some more stuff, man. I'm not saying, like, and trust me, this has nothing to do with salvation either. We're not talking about working to please God or working to, to earn your salvation here. And, um, and yeah, one of the things that, that, before we kind of end the show I wanted to bring up is like because we're talking about all these like work things and man things but another thing that I see is a major deficiency in, in men right now is biblical knowledge and 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 then how can you apply the Bible if you don't know the Bible and so so Bible studies and stuff like this usually are filled with women right <laughs> I mean that's like we that, that's what it is you know that's it, women's studies uh, Beth Moore and all these things and uh, you try to do a men's study and you're going to get a dozen guys the first couple weeks and then it's going to drop off and next thing you have like four guys, right. you know, and, uh, and, and they'll stick with it just because they feel bad, you know, <laughs> and, 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 uh, but, but, but men, and I'm not saying you need to get into a Bible study. I'm not a big fan of group Bible studies, to be honest with you, I, but you got to be a self feeder here. you got to take charge, take charge, because how can you be expected to lead in the culture if you don't know anything of the Bible? How can you expect to raise your kids in a Christian manner if you don't know what the Bible says? How can you lead your wife spiritually if you don't know what the Bible says? So get in the Word. You know, start reading. I'm not talking memorizing large swaths of it. Just start tonight. Start tomorrow morning. Read it. Read a chapter. Just one chapter. Great That's advice. it. Ten minutes. So where would you where would you start, John?
2: And uh, same question for Eric. If you wanted to say, you know, actually, yeah. I want to step up and
0: Mark. get into. I'd start, start with the Gospel of Mark. Yeah, it's short. It's easy. Everything's immediately. It's like the man's gospel. It's like immediately, immediately. Jesus went here immediately, and it's short. You can read, you can read the Gospel of Mark in, in inside two hours if you sat down and read it, you know, and uh, or listen to it even, you know.
1: I don't know where I'd start. I, I, Romans always comes to mind, but that's that's kind of deep to start, right?
0: <laughs> Chapter one's tough, bro. Um, you suck. A- 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 <laughs> Acts is pretty good. Acts is great. I, I, Acts is a good one. I, the reason why but I but you don't have
1: any context
0: is the problem. Well, the reason why I always start with the gospel is because you're getting Jesus. Yeah. So if you you need to get Jesus before, I think you can get uh, Acts or Ephesians. Or what what do you think, Andrew? Uh,
2: yeah, I, I think I'll go with with what you're you're saying actually for this, because uh, I wanted to ask one last question. Yeah, do it. Who's been a role model for you, John? Who's been a role model for you, Eric? and you, oh. I think you've got like maybe a minute. Yeah, that's
0: easy. for me it's easy. Greg Kokel mm-hmm. is the founder and president of Standard Reason. He's my boss and my mentor. He's been uh, an incredible role model. My wife, I look up to her just because of the things that she's been through and she's still a Christian, which is amazing to me. But, uh, but Greg is probably the biggest influence in my life, for sure, 100%. Mm-hmm.
1: I think uh, you know, I, look up to, I, I look up to my dad a lot. Yeah. Um, I, I do a lot of the things that he did um, raising us. And I did a lot of things that he didn't do. That's, that's kind of another way to yeah, look at it. Yeah, um, that's good. Yeah. Uh, got I can't think of anybody else. The no, it's
2: because it, we all need somebody, don't we? Yeah.
1: Yeah. There's and, always uh, somebody. And you just kind of, I was just thinking back, who have yeah. I kind of mimicked?
2: And then the challenge is who's looking to you. Right. For, as a role model. Yeah. I think that's the oh challenge. Oh <laughs> hopefully, hopefully my sons are. <laughs> that's a scary part, man. How about you? Um, I've had a number of people who've all played a different role at different parts. So uh, I can uh, think of obviously my dad, who I've got great memories. Well, I've been told of. But uh, yeah, lots of people in the church. I think the church as a
0: whole, great men who've followed God faithfully, I would say. Praise God, man. That's crazy. Yeah. And that's our music. Hey, guys, like, I'm so sorry, guys. I didn't, we didn't mean to hammer you. Just, just, uh, do better, Do better. <laughs> no guys we're all works in progress man and i mess it up every day uh, but by the grace of god right but by the grace of god Amen. And, and guys just remember who you are made in, made in his image called uh, called to uh, to be a fellow heir with christ had destined for heavenly rule and we got this time here on the earth to train us up for that right these about momentary light afflictions producing us eternal weight of glory far beyond all comparison you know, God's training us through our trials and uh, life is just seems like sometimes one trial after another. But anyways, Hey, we're here for you guys. Thanks for listening. I appreciate it. It's apologetics.com radio where we challenge believers to think and thinkers to believe. I'm John for Andrew and Eric. We will talk to you next time. Bye-bye.